Welcome to Thriving with Mental Illness, a podcast with real talk, an open and honest conversation about issues surrounding mental health. There are no topics that are off limits and no questions that aren't okay to ask. I'm Mikkel Buck, author, public speaker, and suicide survivor who's lived with mental illness for over 20 years. And with me is my guy, Adam. Hey guys, welcome back everyone. We're glad to have you. Do you want to jump into the meme first? first <laughs> yeah. we're doing? We always have to do the meme first because whatever the update is, we just like, it just goes. It takes on a life of its own, you know, like it's hard to stop and, and backtrack. All right. So we're going to start with the meme and the meme comes to us from Beautiful Bipolar. She's a great contributor. We love Beautiful Bipolar. She has a lot of funny things to say. She says, me going about my life, making poor life choices and a dash of self-destructive behavior. Just a dash. Just a smidge. Dash. Sometimes the dash turns into like a, <laughs> <laughs> a scoop, maybe. I feel like my dash more turns into that at yeah. times. So, but thank you, beautiful bipolar. We love you and we love your memes. <laughs> Good times. Well, speaking of beautiful things, we mm. had a beautiful event that we went to. We did. Uh, I think we talked about it last episode, but it was the Hope Gives uh, annual gala event. Third annual. Third so annual. People, there's going to be a fourth one, October 4th, 2024. Put it on your calendar and gear up because we're going to be there. It was so much fun. It was gorgeous. We met so many very interesting people. Many we're going to ask to be on our podcast, so you'll probably meet them in the future as well. And some of them we already knew. Obviously, we know Jen, who killed her brand from Hope Gives, who we've worked with for the past year, really now. So she was there and she facilitated the best introduction because the guest speaker was Kevin Hines, who, if people are not aware, he survived to jump off the Golden Gate Bridge back in 2000. So he goes around, it, it's so fascinating to hear his story because he goes around and he's, he tells people, the instant I jumped, I had regret. The instant I jumped, I knew it was a mistake and I wish that I could take it back. Yeah. And the thing is about jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge, 99.9% .9 of people who jump do not get a chance to take that decision back. Your life is over. You had, what did he say? It's like 75 stories down or 40 stories down at 75 miles an hour. Something like that. And instantaneous death in 99.9% .9 of the people who do. He survived. And, you know, how he told really the miracles that took place to get him to where he is today, yes. where he's not only survived, but he's walking, he's healthy. Yeah. Of that 0.1% that survived, five people, I think there are 29 people since 1937 or whatever, when the very first bridge jumper jumped and died. There's been 29 people ever who have survived and only five of those people can walk yeah. and run today and are alive today, which is. So amazing. it was very inspiring. Great speaker. Yeah. Uh, lucky to get him on the podcast. Yes. He said he would come on and his lovely wife, Margaret said that she would come on. I hope they were not lying to my face because they <laughs> promised they would. And I'm so excited to talk to them about it. They were just the loveliest people. They were. Something that was so fascinating, though, is that when you meet them, they just exude this warmth and love, literally, like, yeah, I, I've not experienced very, very many times before. 
And he looks out when he spoke, he kind of looked out to the audience and was kind of like, I love each one of you. I'm so glad you're here. Be here tomorrow. I love you. I want you here. And you could feel it. A lot of times people yeah. are, you know, kind of like, eh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Heard it before. You don't even know me. But it really, you could really feel that. So that that was not a, you know, funny update. There were some funny things that happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were. I actually couldn't decide what to wear to the gala. Yeah. <laughs> This is so important. Everybody needs to hear about this. So I had three different outfits. I actually got a gown for it. This beautiful dark green satin number, but it was a long gown. And then when we got the like last update information, it said business casual. Is that what it said? And I was like, what? For a game? What? Sure. So I called Jen and I'm like, hey, <laughs> What are you wearing to the gala because it says this and I have a hard time believing people are really showing up in business casual. That to me is like your company logo golf shirt. Right. I, I don't know if other people think of that as business <laughs> casual, but that's what I think of business casual is like company logo. No one's wearing company logo to a gala. I was right. Nobody did. So, anyway, I'm like, okay, I can't wear this. This gown is too formal. I can't wear this one. So then I pulled out a couple cocktail dresses and then like a black really fancy trendy uh, like bodysuit wide leg jumpsuit that's on point and then I put it on my MIW story on Instagram mental illness warrior I'm like everybody vote which one should I wear and <laughs> then you know everybody voted and then I picked the one I wanted anyway I'm sorry European super important to me which one they voted they voted for the orange tangerine cocktail dress really but I also had my cousin Katie here, and I also um, sent videos to Savannah, my exceptionally on-point fashion trend daughter-in-law, bonus daughter, to each of them. And both of them are like, um, go, both of them are kind of like, do the black jumpsuit. Mm. You can super, you know, it's super trendy and you can do this, that, the other. I did go with the zebra gold stiletto shoes, which were a win. Yes. Mm -hmm. but they also caused some issues at the end of the night. Uh, they're really, really high. <laughs> Apparently wearing them for five hours is not good for your knees. <laughs> yeah, the driveway going up to the house was slow. And so really, really slow. So going up wasn't a problem mm -hmm. as much as coming down. And yeah. uh, you could really injure your knee doing something like that. Well, people may or may not remember, but a couple of years ago, I actually injured my knee trail running really fast down steep mountains. And one of the things my trainer says is you can no longer wear your beloved platform stiletto heels. And I was like, yeah, you shut your mouth. <laughs> that is not a fact. And I refuse to accept that. So I did promise to wear them in much more moderation, but I, I'm careful now. And yeah. after walking down the driveway in those super high stilettos, I was kind of like, oh, shoot. Actually, that's what she's talking about. Like, you weren't wrong. So next time I'll bring flip-flops to walk down the driveway, but I will still wear the stilettos. Yes. That one's happening. So it was a great event. Mm -hmm. Everybody should check it out. Go next year. Fantastic. This episode, we wanted to talk about something, uh, medication, that we talk about quite a bit. But there can be this impression, as I've talked to other people, that somehow we love medication. And <laughs> I don't know, maybe we're we getting <laughs> own stakes in pharmaceutical companies. We do not. No. And so we want to clarify our position on medication and, and everybody can have their own position. But you know, really we're talking to people in the trenches that are in the thick of things. Well, I feel like this is an episode a little bit like the life coaching episode that we did a few, yeah. I don't know, last month sometime, where 
I had such a strong opinion about life coaches. And after sitting down and like really talking it through with you, because I couldn't realize why I was so upset about the life coach situation, a friend kind of brought it up to me. And I realized it's because in my specific circumstance, it is dangerous advice. That's why the life coaches is life coaching is very appropriate for people in the correct circumstances that they are trying to help and that they have training for. But in my mind, in the mental illness world, when you're needing hardcore professionals, psychiatrists, psychologists, people who have years of training specifically in this area, I do not feel like it's an arena for life coaches. And that's my own experience and my own two cents for it. So that, that was where I stood on it, but not that I hate life coaches, just that they're very useful in the proper areas, but this area requires a lot of expertise, mental illness. And I just feel like it's dangerous. Like it's life-threatening. Yeah. It can lead to suicide. It like stakes are high. So you don't want to be wrong. And meds have really been the foundation for why you're stable with you. Right. And so. that's why we tried so many different things for years and years and years. Because meds were not our first choice. No. Like just like everybody else, like I would rather do it a different way. Meds are not my first choice. I would rather manage it a different way. But a different way didn't work. We tried a different way so many times and the different way never worked. So in my experience, the only thing that worked was the medication. That's what got me to the point where I'm stable and I'm thriving and I'm happy and like able to live my life. I don't want to say unencumbered because my life is never going to be unencumbered from mental illness. There's always going to be things that I'm having to manage and things I'm paying careful attention to every day to live well with this, but I cannot do it without medication. That's why I feel like this is the drum we beat. Like this is soapbox meds, 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 meds. Not that I love them. It's that they're the only thing. They're the thing that saved my life. So that's why other people, when they talk about, oh, I don't think you should do meds or, you know, I don't know. I really recommend not doing meds. I would much rather do whatever. Well, me too. I'd rather do whatever, but whatever didn't work. Whatever landed me in the hospital with a couple different suicide attempts. So now I do meds. We have a whole episode on that. What is it? Episode five? Yeah. Yeah. We called it, I think it's it's treatment options and um, why I chose meds. But the original title of it was Harriet the Witch Doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Which go back and listen. It's a great story. And to be fair, this was years and years ago. (laughs) It was. It was was like 16 years ago. Long time ago. Your position is not everybody should be on meds. No, my position is nothing works except for meds. If you do anything besides meds, you're a total idiot and a nincompoop. I don't think anybody says nincompoop anymore. No. You know, like that's not, I don't say that either. Nobody says that. What we talk about is our own personal experience with it. We're not professionals. So it's that this is why we direct everybody to professionals all of the time. Work with your own psychiatrist, work with your own psychologist. And it's valuable to get life experience and input and hear what's worked for other people and what hasn't. But you should never take even our advice as professional advice on how to manage your own mental health and your right. own mental illness diagnosis. That's why you go to professional. And listen to yourself. I mean, you know yeah. how you feel. And the other reason I think we're so strong on medication is because there are so many other voices out there that will tell you, stop doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't do it. All the reasons you and, shouldn't. Yeah. All the reasons why you don't need it. So if you're inclined to listen to those voices, there's plenty of voices out there that tell you to get off of meds or don't take meds at all. 
Yeah. And we feel like there's a lack of voice on the other side saying, this is a critical component of your stability. But to be clear, it doesn't fix the problem. It doesn't, no. you don't take meds. And it's like, oh, there's the pill and I'm better. Now. I do feel like there are some mental health, not mental health, but there are some physical things that you can literally just take a pill for and the problem's gone. Yeah. Or at least the symptoms are gone, right? You have a headache. Yeah, you have a headache. And like, I know that there are natural ways to handle a headache, but in all honesty, pop a couple ibuprofen, most likely your headache's going to be gone for yeah. all intents and purposes. That's not the case with antipsychotics, with um, antidepressants and things like that. You take it and it makes it so you can use the tools to manage it and live with it. It doesn't take all of the symptoms away like it does with other medication. Actually, I actually have a couple of really interesting posts that I've saved because this is a topic. I, I knew we were going to be talking about this and I feel passionately about the med discussion. And again, just to balance the, the discussion out, like you said, Everybody tells you, don't take meds, don't take meds, don't take meds. Like there, There's no shortage of that message. Well, in, including your internal voice. Most yeah, people internal yeah. voice Very says don't do it. My first choice is to take meds, but I, I hear this a lot. So I'd rather, I'd rather just get the skills and solve the problem myself. Okay, your brain is broke. Do you really know how to fix your brain when it's broken? Yeah, I didn't think so. But it's, it's, not, it's not the same thing. Right. It, and it frustrates well, me. And... But really, we're talking about people in a very dire situation. You know, we're talking about somebody that feels sad sometimes and needs a little boost. You know, we're talking about people that are in crisis mode that are in the trenches that maybe have suicidal ideation or suicide attempt or... Or if you're just trying to be alive at the end of the day. I mean, I've yeah. been in that spot so many times. If I make it to the end of the day and I'm still alive, man, I killed it today. It's a win. I killed it. It's a giant win. And sometimes even that's hard. I think people who have never been there don't understand that is literally my goal. It was for mm -hmm. a long time period. If I can just be alive at the end of the day. Sounds very dramatic. It does sound dramatic, but it is entirely true. And sometimes the only way that I could get there is say one hour. Okay. I can get through one hour. I just make it through one hour and then make it through one other hour. And at the end of the day, I'm like, I made it through like a whole bunch of hours and I made it through the day. And that is not dramatic at all. And people who don't live with mental illness, with a severe mental illness, like, I don't know. I mean, bipolar type two is my diagnosis. And I kid you not, the weight is more than you can even fathom. It's more than you can even imagine. So it's very hard. And that's why when people are kind of like, oh, it's, you know, choose to be happy or it's not that hard. You shouldn't need meds. I'd rather live my life without meds. Do you really want to use a crutch like that to even just function? Uh, why don't you shut up? Okay. Nobody asked you. <laughs> so, yeah. So there. <laughs> and in case you're wondering how I feel. <laughs> and so really, as we talk and as you talk, Mm. we're talking to people in the trenches those yeah. people in the it's trenches, a very so. specific segment of the population and i recognize most of the people who live even with mental illness and mental illness symptoms are not people that are trying to be alive in an hour or trying to be alive at the end of the day yeah. but th those are that's who i'm talking to those are the people that i'm talking to and i'm like i i can't do this without meds my best advice to you go see a professional and get some meds to help you with this because I don't know how you safely manage that spot and get out of that spot without the help 
of medication. So right, and it could be a life or death situation. You will have to suicide is yeah. But I mean medication, and so there are people that are not doing it that we're hoping that we can convince them to you know, utilize medication to lift the burden enough so that they can be here tomorrow. Yeah. And that's what Kevin says. Yeah. Be here tomorrow and every day after that. Yes. Which we love that. Please come on, Kevin, please, please. <laughs> okay. I do. I have a couple things that I posted or that I saved from bipolar accounts that I love to follow. The first one is bipolar babes club. She's a cutie. I actually like a, a ton of her stuff. She has a lot of advice. There's so many accounts I like. I'm go follow, go follow everyone we talk about. Okay, this is Bipolar Babes Club. And she says, contrary to popular belief, medication doesn't cure bipolar disorder. I think this is what we talked about before. Mental illness medications, antipsychotics, antidepressants lift the burden enough for you to live and manage it with every ounce of strength you have because it takes all of it. It doesn't take it away. So people work, you know, when they're like, either the person living with them are kind of like, well, you're on meds now. Like why, why aren't you better? Why can't you deal? Uh, because this is 5,000 pounds and the medication lifted it 2000 pounds, which is awesome, but I still have 3000 pounds left to lift. So there's that aspect, but then there's also the aspect on the inside. We've heard so many people talk about meds don't work for me. I tried them and it didn't help. And like, are you expecting to be cured 100% on meds? Because that also is not the case. Yeah. But it will make it enough easier so that you can at least manage. Because there's a billion tools that you have to implement every single one of them to live well and to thrive. We've talked about this. Meds is not sort of this binary thing that you either mm-hmm. take a pill or you don't. I mean, it's much more nuanced and complicated. Mm-hmm. And the right psychiatrist can pick and choose and pull different Save things and fine yeah. tune. Did you have another one that you wanted? To... I, I have a couple, I have two or three. So, okay. but they're, they're slightly different angles to the topic. So if we want to keep talking about this. Let's do the next. Okay. Next one is from bipolar loyal. She says, when I say that those who tell bipolar people to not be on meds, they are responsible for us unaliving ourselves. She has the voice to, not the voice to text, but she has the, the the text along with her audio and you can't have the word suicide in the text. Okay. So, so she, you have to say it a different way. So she said, unaliving ourselves, that's the secret code that you use to get around uh, social media so when we're talking <laughs> about suicide. But yeah, it's, it's true. It's very true. I remember an experience um, when I was serving as a missionary, there was a girl, college age girl that stops taking her antidepressants that were subscribed by her psychiatrist. Yeah. So then she was following up with the family doctor who's not a specialist. Let me just point that out. The family doctor said, I don't think you need your antidepressants. You're not depressed. You just manage it. She stopped taking the antidepressants and she ended up taking her own life within a few days. Mm -hmm. And it was her father that I spoke to. And he said that when he went, I can't remember if it was at her funeral, if it was when he went over to her apartment because he, the police had contacted him and he knew what had happened. He went over to the apartment and the family doctor was either notified as well. He was there for some reason as well. And the father lost it on the doctor and said, I blame you. This is your fault. You did this. 
I blame you for this. That's heavy. But I also feel like that's also true. But you can't make that decision. I mean, a a psychiatrist, I mean, that's who you work with on meds. Yeah. Family doctors, they can get you started and through the door in our own experience. And again, I have fat mental illness with all caps and exclamation Mm -hmm. marks and underlined and bolded and flashing neon. Like that's the level of bipolar disorder that I live with. I cannot function without my meds. And it was years finding a good combination or cocktail, as we like to say. <laughs> Makes it sound fun. It does. <laughs> Medication cocktail. <laughs> so you wore your cocktail dress? With <laughs> all of my meds. Yeah. That would have been the party to do it at, though. I know. That, that really would have, would have been the party to do it at. Maybe for Halloween next year. We're a little bit late this year. We're not going to throw it together one time. But uh, maybe next year we can we can be like a cocktail man. You could be a cocktail cocktail, and I could be a med cocktail and show the pillows. That is a genius idea. Thanks, babe. <laughs> but you know, having said that, I mean, science is progressing every year, and what we're talking about is right now. I mean, there's so many cutting edge things that people are trying, and there might be a time when there are better things. Well, there are legitimate things that really do help. I am so hesitant because I almost died. I have two suicide attempts and I've almost lost my life. And I like, I have a pretty much like (laughs) no risk tolerance for this. It's like zero. What's, what's, what's the the term they use in school? Um, Like no, no tolerance factor, like zero tolerance. Yeah. Is that the term they use? I can't Mm -hmm. remember now. But like, I have a zero tolerance factor for any type of risk in managing my mental illness. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to go off meds. I don't care. Like how many, I don't, I don't care how much you swear by anything. I will not go off my meds for any reason. I will try other things. I'm always going to be working with a psychiatrist and I will take my psychiatrist's advice because I trust them implicitly. That's why they're on my team. Yeah. Right. So if my psychiatrist says it, you know, yeah. I do my two cents and we talk about it together, but I'm never going to make changes to my own management based on what, you know, my neighbor tells me or somebody's cousin, you know, whatever they healed it through diet. I absolutely believe these things help, but in my experience, not enough to keep me safe. And I will not risk it. I will not go off meds. Well, I think the other dangerous thing is some people do have situational, you know, Mm -hmm. depression or, something like that where they do need meds for a time period and then right. and then don't need them anymore. And the problem is the same people could say, well, I used to be on meds, but now I just exercise and eat healthy and I'm fine. Yeah. When really, you know, you have to be careful that that might there might be a correlation, but not a causation. Right. Well, and that's why it's so important to work with professionals. We had Dr. Henry Schultion, who's a psychiatrist that practices in Scottsdale. And when we had him on, gosh, it was a while ago. It's been a couple of years ago that he was on, yeah. but we specifically asked him about the medication, like whether this is a for life thing, because that's a huge deterrent. I think for a lot of people, They're like, I don't want to be on meds for life. Well, you may or may not be. Everybody's different with their mental illness. Everybody's different. And Dr. Schulte told us that a lot of people are on meds for life. But if I have a patient who wants to try going off of meds, if I've watched them, if I feel confident that this possibly could work, we will work together to do it safely, but never, never without 
the help of a professional, yeah. meaning a psychiatrist. When I say professional psychiatrist, I am not talking about a family doctor. So, well, the reason we're talking about, oh, do you have another one? I do. I have yeah, another go ahead. one. It's the same from Bipolar Babes Club. This is kind of a continuation to the first thought that she had. It's written it really fuzzy because I just took a picture of the screen. <laughs> hold on. Uh, hold on. She says, even when I take my meds, it's still a struggle day by day. Even when I do all the things, the exercise, the eating well, the self-care, it's still dicey. Those things don't fix me. They don't cure me. They simply make my illness slightly more tolerable. I hate that people still think that upon doing these things, I should be completely normal. That's not how it works. I wish it was, though. I wish it was. She says it twice. That's how you know she's serious. <laughs> I wish it was. Me too, bipolar babe. Me too. I wish it was. Yeah. And the reason this came up is that you had someone reach out that you talked to that was going off meds, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And sounds like it was. it's going fairly well. Yeah, it does sound like it's going well. I think anybody who's listened to the podcast, there's no doubt where we stand on the med issue, but that is because of our own experience. That's because I almost lost my life. That, you know, so many reasons and the only reason I can manage is because of medication. We have a very solid opinion on that. That probably isn't going to move a lot, but again, that's our experience. So this person that reached out, she, she was a little hesitant because she knew our opinion would be different. But also at the same time, you know you, you do you, boo. Right. You know, like if it's going to work for you, you do it. I am not here to tell anyone how you should or shouldn't be doing it. I'm here to tell you what's worked for me, what's worked for us. But I am not a professional. You know yourself. You have your own team of professionals. You're the ones who should be talking about it. We're just here to say, hey, shut that stigma down. No one needs that. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> well, we would love it if there was a cure, if there was a a way to cure or, you know, fix mental illness without medication. And some people have experienced that. Yeah. For whatever reason, it could be because it was more situational. Like you said, mm -hmm. it, there's so many reasons that it could be, but that has not been our case at all. So. But if you are one of the lucky ones that can... It's like the mental illness lottery. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and if you can, you know, if you don't have to be on meds, you know, we're, we're not, okay. we're not frowning upon that. No, we're cheering for you. Like, like, you go, girl. <laughs> Unless it's a boy. You say, you go, boy. Uh, what do you say? I don't know what you say these days. You go. You go. <laughs> you go, you. 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 Go, they. <laughs> like, That's true. You don't even know if it's a you. It might be a they. Yeah. Yeah. So Maybe you just say, go, go, you know, <laughs> but yeah. So no, I mean, we're genuinely happy for this person and we yes. want her to be happy. We want her to be medication free. Successful in whatever way. Like yes. you, that's another thing that we talk about sometimes is that there is nobody who is a bigger advocate for your own mental health than you are. No one wants your success. No one wants your success more than you. If you have somebody else that wants it more than you do, you're either you're either doing so poorly that you don't know. It. And if that's the case, get into professionals, get into a treatment facility, get in somewhere because you're not okay. You have to want it more than anyone in your life, but you also need to be surrounded by a lot of people who want it for you and will help you with it. That's the recipe to success. 
in managing mental illness? Well, the other thing is this person was going through a psychiatrist to go off the meds. And there's yeah, a way to do that. with it hand in hand with their whole professional team. It's like, so, hey, if you're a professional team and on board with this, I kind of certainly yeah. have an opinion. And that was should be my doing. only question when they like when they were messaging and bringing it up, my only question was, are you working with your psychiatrist? They said, yes. I'm like, awesome. Let me know how it goes. I hope it works. Right. And it has, which is so exciting. Yeah. I do feel like you're always going to want constant monitoring, whether you're on meds or whether you're off meds or whatever way you're doing it. Always make sure you have constant monitoring though, because yeah. that's something that you can't let get away from you. If things aren't going well, you're going to want to address it sooner rather than later. Nip it in the bud. Yeah. It's not the butt. I used to think it was nip it in the butt, that saying, but it's not. But it's not. It's nip it in the bud, which I'm not really sure why. Like who who nips flower buds? I assume it's a flower. <laughs> what are we nipping? I don't get it. I don't know who came up with that. Your dog, like <laughs> nipping your butt? Is that what it made more sense because at least dogs bite butts, yeah. right? I mean, nobody nips flower buds. I think we should, we should change it. <laughs> I would vote for our change. Put <laughs> on social media. See if anybody agrees with us. Maybe we just do another poll. Like, what dress? Yeah. What should I wear to the, the Hope Gives Gala? What What do we want this thing to be? Nip it in the bud? Nip it in the butt. Yeah. Whoever's a gardener can choose one. Whoever is not, right. not a gardener. People who like strong words can maybe insert a different word. That's Nip right. it in the... <laughs> I don't know. Like that might have to be one of the choices. I'm not going to say it because this is a, a G-rated podcast. It's a family so, show. It's a family show. Except if your family doesn't want to talk about suicide, then it is <laughs> not going to be. <laughs> no, the whole point is with medication, don't <laughs> avoid the stigma because if you need it, you need it. And yeah. so many people fight it unnecessarily. And we've talked about this before. You know, do you really want to go to the dentist and you're like, you know what? I think I can go without the Novocaine. Let's go for it, Doc. You know, or when you go in and have a baby, no, I want to do this naturally. You don't. I've done it both ways. Don't, <laughs> don't. Just get, get the epidural. No, I just <laughs> this is a separate soapbox. We do not need to be talking about this. Yeah, yeah I, I, you know, I just went to the dentist not too long ago, and I can't imagine. I mean, if he wants to numb my mouth to work on it, no, I'd like to do this naturally. <laughs> I'm like, no, I wouldn't. I would like my mouth numb for whatever right. feeling and digging. I'm going to give you a gold star no matter what when you leave. Everybody yes. gets to like pick from the treasure chest, right? <laughs> like a chapstick. You get like the little Dracula teeth, whatever. You get, no matter what, they send everyone home with a toothbrush and mouth. No. Right? You're still going to get a prize no matter how you choose to do it. I think you're stuck in the 80s. <laughs> I'm not sure any of that happens anymore. We got chapstick and a new toothbrush the last time I went to the dentist. Okay. And that was last All right. All right. I take it, it back. It was 2023 right yeah. now. So I am not. Okay. Yeah. The Dracula teeth. Yeah. But I was just like in the 80s. I think I was just like, that's when I was six. Yeah. I assume they still do that for six-year-olds. I don't know. Maybe I'll ask next time they go. Talk a little bit to people who have the experience of needing meds regularly. And, okay. Okay. Uh, you know, you're always about form and function with pill boxes and oh. you've had lots of things where you don't like ugly pill boxes okay listen i love beautiful <laughs> things in my life right i love them so much if you know me in real life you know this that it's so important that things are beautiful they have to function 
100%, but there is no reason why they cannot be trendy and beautiful at the same time, all of the time, right? So when I started taking pills, obviously years ago, I was so bugged by having this disgusting, gross, fluorescent neon, don't be tacky, that's so <laughs> tacky, pillbox next to my bedside. And I needed it to, like, I needed the AM and the PM. And it's hard to find a fully functioning pillbox and then finding one that was like cute and trendy. Uh-uh. Yeah, that was not even a thing. So, all right. So. <laughs> all women in the world to be solid. <laughs> Don't worry because I am on it. <laughs> Yes, this may not have been a problem for anybody else. Although I know that that's not true because we sell a billion of them now. Okay. We have, obviously people are listening to the podcast, thriving with mental illness podcast, but it's part of our whole organization, which is mental illness warrior. So we've got a website, mentalillnesswarrior.com on Instagram. We have a big presence there with tips and linking to professionals and, and other people who give great mental illness advice. And that's mental illness dot warrior on Instagram. We have our beautiful NYW sign, but mental illness warrior is all about fighting the stigma. So on our website, in addition to all these wonderful resources, weekly newsletters, a ton of other things, we have cool merch and the merch that we have is beautiful pillboxes. And you've gotten good feedback, right? People I have, I've gotten a lot of really good feedback. We've got a lot of things because we have different styles. Right. And, and this is another one of those things that I, before I took medication, Never did I understand any of the pillbox nuances, which sounds silly, but I definitely feel like we need to talk through these because if you're new to taking medication, 90% of your success with it is staying organized and staying consistent. Because a lot of times when you start, especially if you're not used to taking medication, this was a huge deal for me too. I wasn't in the habit of taking meds every single day. And then when I wasn't in the habit of taking meds, especially when we were changing and like going through and trying new cocktails. <laughs> fun. And happy fun cocktail fun. <laughs> but when we were going through and doing that, it was hard to keep straight what I was supposed to be taking. And when we were cutting it down or titrating up or titrating down, there are so many things you have to be so careful with. You have to be exact. Yeah. Medication is not like, got there. Like my dad used to say, horseshoes and hand grenades. Right? Mm -hmm. like if you, you get a 70% of the time, yeah. you're like, no, it needs to be 100%. It's got to be 100 so, right. right. So I realized so much of this organization and you have to have the right pillbox for that because some pillboxes have AM and PM slots, which in the beginning I needed AM and PM slots. Some pillboxes are a lot bigger because maybe your doctor prescribes fish oil and vitamin D and multivitamin and so many different things. You need to make sure you take everything your doctor has prescribed. Psychiatrist, again, I yeah. use them interchangeably, but they are not. Your psychiatrist has prescribed to you every single day, every day. And in order to do that, to me, it just came down to organization. And that was when I started the whole charting thing. But some of the pillboxes that I need started up with that. And then as time changed, my needs with the pillboxes changed. I always needed them beautiful though. Let us say that <laughs> even though my needs changed, they always needed to be beautiful. So I know you have lots of different yeah, types. I did. What's your favorite? You have a favorite one? Oh, uh, there's a couple <laughs> of really awesome ones that I love. 
One of the ones that I love a lot, and the reason that I love it is because it's a, um, like it's metal, it's kind of indestructible. It's waterproof, it's leak proof. So it's like a metal tube, like a cylinder. Yeah. And it's bigger. It all, everything fits in one pocket. So it's like seven days of the week, but it will not open up on accident. It would like mm. for travel. That one to me is perfection because it's never going to accidentally open. It's not going to spill all spill on on trips before what a nightmare when i have like half of this one and a tiny one of this one i have like five pills in a day yeah, and a lot of them are the same color and similar shapes and i'm like oh <laughs> what so that to me that travel one is hands down my favorite it comes in black which is like super cool gunmetal black What's wait can color? i say that too so my favorite one is that aluminum for travel is the aluminum one. And it's called a deep cylinder pillbox, but it doesn't even look like a pillbox. It just looks like a metal cylinder and it comes in like champagne, pink and black, which is cool either way. So, but it's because it won't slide open. You're not going to get any accidental pill uh, spillage. Spillage. So I really like that one for that reason. We do have, like, if you're just going away for a couple of days on a week, because it's a bigger one. So it fits everything in. And it's hard to open for reasons to prevent spillage. So know that. Um, but I also have the cutest little suede pouches that are designed just for, like, a weekend away. If you just want to take, like, one or two days worth of pills that I also love. They're so adorable. I have a hard time picking yeah. because I really like them all. But the one that I use at night by the side of my bed like, that I love day to day is the classic petite one. Mm. And they come in really cute colors, pink and cream and look very nice aesthetically with my home and my bedroom, which is so important. <laughs> but I like that one. And what I ended up doing is having a morning one and a nighttime one. And they're just different color pill boxes. So like one of them's cream and the other one's gray. And then I know, you know, it's my morning pill, and my nighttime pill. There are different ways to do it. But I love all the ones they have and they function differently. So it really like you can tailor whatever pillbox to any of your preferences. So the leather one has the AM and PM in each in removable disc. So it's like two. I don't know. They're awesome. People need to go check them out. So go on the website. Mm -hmm. Check them out. Mentalhealthwarrior.com. Shop pillboxes. Yes. Yeah. And manage your medications. Yeah. Because really success through medication comes from meticulous management. Really, 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 that's where the success is going to come from. So, and if you want to do well, if you want to thrive with mental illness, not just get by, not just not die, because yeah, I've been in that spot before, but my goal isn't to just not die for the rest of my life until I die. Like that goal sucks. I want that goal. But the goal is to do well and like be happy. And, yeah. you know, like you want to be thriving. You want to be living the life you want to live. Yes, you're going to have to manage it all the time, all of the days. But if you're doing it through medication, you have to be exact. You have to be precise. You have to be scientific about it. And you can't, like, you just have to be precise is all. And that's how you're going to find success with it. So, and thank Good you point. for coming to our TED Talk today. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today. We are so glad that you're here. Uh, as always, if there are questions that you would like to have answered or topics that you would like to see covered, you can submit them on Instagram at mentalillness.warrior. 
You can also submit them on our website, mentalillnesswarrior.com. On the very last page, it's buried. We're going to be adjusting that. Okay. So right now, it's on the very last page. So go there and submit your questions. Remember, there are no topics that are off limits and no questions that aren't okay to ask. Thanks for being here, and we will see you next time. See you next time.